welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 11. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed in this week's episode. Hunter's favorite player wins again. Congratulations to Victor Hovland on his comeback victory at the Hero World Challenge over the weekend. We're now on to the QBE shootout. The ultimate hit and giggle makes the Hero World Challenge look like the U.S. Open. Also, we're going to tell you about a player from the UP trying to make a run at the Champions Tour currently at the final stage of qualifying school. We'll catch you up on that. And fresh into the Great Lakes Golf Podcast newsroom, complete with our state-of-the-art equipment and the Nespresso that I stole from Hunter's Kitchen, we have learned that Tiger Woods has announced that he will play in the PNC Championship beginning Thursday, December 16th. We'll see if Charlie can carry his dad to victory here in just over a week. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast at theticketnorthernmichigan.com on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe unless you don't like us, in which case just carry on. Let's go. I do take your ETAs with a... I think I might just take all Garber ETAs with a grain of salt. I'm the best. <laughs> well, I'm the best generally, but I'm the best at time too. Yes. Uh, no, I am the. I, I'd like to think of the most respectful of other people's time, but out of the three, of you're these? not really people here. <laughs> you're just. Yeah, I got a lot of snow this morning. I was surprised by all this. You know, I I have a garage now. So like I've never, I don't realize how much snow's out there. So you actually, pulled out of the garage and you're like, oh. Like I shouldn't have been, been wearing these shoes today. Yes. <laughs> That's like the first thing I've thought about. I'm wearing sneakers right now because I left my boots in the car. So they were frozen stiff, obviously. <laughs> I think. I haven't guy. loosened up yet, but I I uh, I couldn't believe the plow guy was here at five. He told me. So we're in Potassi. Plow guy was here at five. I pulled in it shortly before nine. And immediately called them and said, can you come back? Because there's like five, six inches of snow in our parking lot. And I'm worried somebody's going to fall or something bad's going to happen. So he told me when he got here half hour later that there was just as much snow when he was here previously at 5 a.m. as there was just now. Which I, that's I'm not a convinced. total. I'm not convinced he was here at 5 a.m. That's 10 plus inches. I'm not convinced he was here at 5 a.m. <laughs> I am not. Wow, you're accusing this guy of lying right now, Hunter? I think I might be. I got here this morning and it was like, it was above my, it was, it was, there was at least four inches of snow in the, so I, so I guess I will maybe put a correction. And when I go home for lunch today, if there is not 10 inches of snow in the driveway, nine inches of snow, then, so good for all the skiers. I don't know Huge for the skiers. I mean, they were making snow furiously when I was coming in, but they need some real stuff to go on top of that base i don't know if you i don't know why you would know but there was a snow day on monday and monday was nowhere near as bad a roads as today were today depending was. on where you were there's snow day yesterday too i know not for our schools up here no not emma i don't think anybody in emma county no i think we've had there's been four snow days so far in petoskey four which is an unbelievable it's number december 8th oh i know and i love john scolden like very good guy like known personally like over his dead body, will we have four snow days by by December eighth? Mm-hmm. Seems Northman like, put a whooping on Kalkaska last night at at the uh, high school. We finally got into the to. I'm twenty, just turned twenty seven. I'm finally that age now where I absolutely know nobody in the high school. So like my my cousin, yeah. my cousin that is a sophomore in, in college, 
so I like knew some of his friends. I knew my my brother's twenty two, so I knew some of his friends and like kids a little younger than him. But now I just like I still feel compelled nobody. to go watch though. I only watched one soccer game this year, and that was to be even say that I watched it is probably unfair because we got there after halftime, <laughs> which that had nothing to do with me or anything. It's just kind of you know the way that your life happens when you and your friends uh, have kids. So you're never on time for anything. You Back never would the time thing. I'm never on time anyway, but especially never on time when the ch- when the children are involved. Yeah, no, uh, that is that's a very good point. But I felt compelled to go. Why are they playing Kalkaska? I felt compelled to go. I have no idea. One of the strangest matchups. I wanted to go to the game. The only thing that kept me back is that I, I also wanted to watch Michigan. So even though I don't know any of the players, and I totally agree with you, I'm like, huh, who? I want to go watch them. And this year I hope to catch at least a game or two because I, I still can't get over Johnny Flynn leaving for Harbor Springs. And just it's always interesting to see – What's a new coach's imprint on the team? And the, you know, like, are they going to play a different style? Are they going to continue in this? Because we had a very back when I was there, it was Starkey and Miller. And then it was Yonker. Loved playing for Miller. But oh, so did I. Not, 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 very, many, not many people did, but I loved him. Yeah. It was a clear style. Oh, yeah. I still remember. Uh, so, this is a story about Miller that like, I, I still think about regularly. We had a practice one day that it was, I was a sophomore, so I was on the JV team. It was a Saturday morning practice. We practiced with the freshman team, so there was probably 30 guys in the gym, and end of practice, Miller makes us all get on the baseline. Each and every one of us has to shoot a free throw. If you swish the free throw, there's no running. (laughs) If you hit the rim but make the free throw, you have to do a down and back. And if you missed the shot completely, you had to do a halfback, fullback. And if you missed it, you had to go to the back of the line and keep shooting. These are thirty guys. Some, <laughs> some, some of them, some of them, not great shooters. Yeah, he's lucky that, to have like a Maryland football situation. No, see, I, and I, I, I play golf with Miller regularly. I love Miller. I, I loved him then, but that I still like. I have. Nightmares about that day. We ran so. Wish and you don't have to run. Yeah. Make it and hit the rim. It's such a power. I find is. that hilarious. When you watch, because I always like in basketball, it's always if you made it, you didn't have to run. But so to like yeah. see a ball hit the rim and go in and Taking still have to, to the run next level. was was tough. But oh, you got lucky. That's a down and back. So I yeah. Uh, so I guess back. I will. Uh, I'll try to go over Mac. Mac said he wanted to get over and watch. He's big into the Northman right now. Big Northman fan. Nice, nice. I love hearing that. That's yeah. fun. Northman, Michigan, and Michigan State. And last He's night you could take the well-rounded. Night, take the night off. Yeah, because the Blazers makes not, are no match for the Northmen. So <clears throat> makes no sense. But they have some good. They have some good games coming up, including home against. We well, yeah, host Marquette on Friday. Maybe you want to go to that game. Mm, I'm a big um, like conference play. No, <laughs> I. <laughs> I am really big about getting Mac to sleep around seven o'clock. I think it makes his life like it makes my life a hundred times better. It makes his life a hundred times better. So it, I feel like well, if the game's game, starting go at on seven, Saturday. What time I, does he I, nap? I, know that's, I would say that's uh, they play at twelve thirty. <laughs> what time does he nap? 
<laughs> he hasn't napped in three years. <laughs> kid, kid wouldn't know what a nap was if it hit him forget, in the face. I always forget that he doesn't daytime sleep. He 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 calls it. He rests his eyes, <laughs> which just means he just sits there. Yeah, they have like, nap time at school though, right? Or daycare or whatever. Uh, they have. They have. He's na- in preschool. They have. Uh, well, it's preschool in the mornings, and it's it's CDC at St. Francis, so like child development center. So yeah, it's pretty much daycare. That's a nap, right? That's and it, it, there is a uh, there is a nap time. But there is a certain number is of kids. Is he able to be no. still? Yeah, if he sees everyone else sitting still, he will. He won't go to sleep, but he will sit there and read a book or something. Man, after my own heart, I can't daytime sleep either. No, I don't. Uh, and actually, I mean, in the end of the day, it kind of I don't. Kind of makes it better because if he takes a nap, he's up till nine o'clock, and then he's he tries to sleep in the next morning, and then he's late for school. So it's just like a bad, yeah, it's a bad a cycle. System. He's got yeah, a system. I think it works. Might get a little crabby around five o'clock, but that's cost of doing business should we get to the golf we should victor hovland very good we'll start there I, wins I, I, the hero world challenge shoots what eight under on sunday yes i think so yes wins by how many do you win end up winning by well that's the win? weird thing like, it was how how much the how much the tournament like changed, I, changed over an hour crazy i said last week when we were on the bottom like it's gonna get spread out get your bets in early i never saw colin doing that i should know better it's golf it humbles us all but we just have this tendency to want to believe some of these guys are superhuman so it turned into chaos complete chaos from being what everyone thought was going to be a predictable ending so it was great to have golf back on network TV. And so you got to watch it. And it was great to have the drama on Sunday. However, it made me look foolish because you probably could get a decent number on Vic even on Sunday morning, I'm which sure. I didn't think about. I was holding the Finau ticket, and he just he did nothing <laughs> over the weekend. I, I still kind of had... You know, some hope, but I did. I didn't even scroll the odds board on Sunday because Colin was up by. Uh, was it four or five? I thought he was up. I think he was up by five shots. Like Reed was right there too. Berger, Sam, Burns, Bur- Sam Burns passed him, and then Sam Burns. Uh, did you see him make that triple bogey where he he tried to do the hybrid bump and run three two separate times? I couldn't keep track. I watched the it was a mess. replay. I saw Sam joking about it on Twitter that he thought he was never going to finish the hole. I don't think he did. He definitely, he definitely did not think. He hit it up to the, he hit it over the green, chipped it, and then chipped it across the green. Yeah, rolls so off a, the other side into the swale. Yeah. So he's lying three. I believe so. I'm, I'm, or is he only lying two? Was this fourteen? The drivable part four. Where Hovland hold out from the bunker, the ball is probably not going to stay on the green if it doesn't. Yeah, go I know. In. Talk about good luck. Yeah, I, I think so. So that's where he was. He went over the green, hybrid halfway up the hill, hybrid halfway up the hill. That is one of the great hit and giggle holes of all time because that hole was generating everything from twos to sevens. And we had talked about last week, we had talked about how important eagles and scoring were going to be, not just to finishing position, but particularly for DraftKings scoring. Hovland basically, I think he was seven under on 14 for the week. Three eagles and a birdie. I, I could be wrong about that, but in they, they flashed the graphic, I think it was on Sunday. 
So that, that was course definitely the, the Hovland thing should have seen should have seen it coming. But anyway, back to Burns. Was that indeed fourteen? Yep, fourteen. So he drove it up near the green, uh, left himself with that tricky chip that he hit over the green, and then he grabbed that wood or whatever it was. Uh, three separate tries with the wood, finally switched to the wedge, <laughs> barely got to stay on the green, and then he actually made the putt for a triple. Oh, so. that's good. Good make. He was hot with the putter. Yeah, so he made it was like a 12, 12 15 footer right, from what I saw. So one of my other takeaways, apart from the Hovland thing and just how good he is, and I know you want to talk about that, but again, golf betting is different from any other sport. It's individual, and once again, motivation and how you approach the tournament played a huge role in who was successful this week. If you look at that leaderboard, it's all guys that had something to play for. And how do I know that Vic had that mindset? Because somebody asked him after the round, hey, this is kind of a, you know, this tournament, this is only 20 players, but does it feel like a real... P-? And his answer was, hell yes, it does. So It, his, should, it should. I don't know his why. His attitude coming into this was certainly going to be different than, say, Jordan Spieth. Or Henrik Stenson, who I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, we, we should. And some of these other guys that were down the board a little bit. Even Rory. It's Rory's been in good form. People have been talking about him. But it just, for this tournament, it's you have to take into consideration when you buy a ticket, who's going to care enough to put four days of hard work in here? And uh, we obviously saw that with the way that Vic commented about how it felt to emerge victorious he also said that he literally teed off thinking that he had no chance to win he was that far behind rightfully so he was he was he was 10 shots back or not 10 more because colin shot plus four victor ended up at 18 under six under on sunday and colin finished at 14 under with a 76 on sunday so okay, i'm so not sure if that answers your question but that's, it does oh okay. he shot six under i thought for some reason he had shot eight under jt shot eight under it's okay somebody shot eight under okay that's a heck of a score, eight under on, on uh, I guess there's a couple of good scores, but to see see a 12-shot spread between Colin Morikawa and JT is pretty crazy. That golf course is weird. What do you think about that golf course? It's okay. It wasn't, I don't know, it's all right. Yeah, yeah so one of my other buddies about it, he's like, yeah, I played it on Tiger Woods yesterday. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that game. I can't do that. I don't know what it is. I've tried to, like, play the course just like it'd be kind of fun to like play the courses that like they're playing that week or something i've just never got into it dude if you put one of those controllers are they still called controllers i i, I think so what do you what are you talking no about? idea i just everything has a new name i feel like it's a cool different interesting new name that that the kids are calling it these days yeah and i don't want to sound like a boomer oh i think you might you might already sound like a boomer what's boing was... boing what's that can we talk about that what's what is it boing boing? Somebody, everybody's saying something now over the last few days, and I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Boing, like B O I N G. Oh no, no, no! It's Bing Bong. Have you heard Bing Bong? Oh god, this, we might have just made this pretty problematic here. <laughs> I keep seeing. Hey, I'm just a person that sees stuff he doesn't understand and wants. Wants to know. I, I seek, I yearn for knowledge. Uh, so it looks like. What the hell's bing bong? 
you might have uh, you might have heard the term uh, <laughs> Knicks tape as a slogan for the New York Knicks. Maybe you haven't. I no, have not. Sure and their fan base. Well, that could be retiring place replaced by two simple words: Bing Bong. So from that, I'm taking it as it is the new name. It has to do with the Knicks. The name of fans. The phrase is derived from the subway doors closing. Stand clear of the stand clear of the closing doors, please. Bing bong. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm leaving. I was leaving MSG to a sea full of happy and joyful Knicks fan. I felt the need to walk over to them and rip a bing bong. What the heck? All right. Well, I'm glad we covered that. It was obviously really important. So is that the announcer saying bing bong? Uh, I was, that's what I was hoping it was going to be, but uh, no such luck. I just see a ton of, why do I have a bunch of Knicks stuff on my timeline? I don't. I don't care about the Knicks. I don't follow the Knicks. I, I hardly care about the NBA. Pistons stink. Uh, Even worse than I thought they were going to be. No. Well, um, Cade just had a good game last week, so you take that back. They're doing fine. They just have. I mean, they're not. Did you expect them to be good? No. I no, not good. But I expected them to compete for a playoff spot. And uh, the Red Wings just had the rookie of the rookie of the month last month. So things are looking up. Yeah, so we lost to the Predators last night. Well, the Predators are very good, aren't they? One of the best teams in the NHL. They're always good, yeah. What were we talking about before we got on to the bing bong? I don't know. I don't even know why you brought that up. That I, I feel like I'm pretty I'm pretty in tune with the day-to-day operations of online, and I have never – I mean, I've heard, I've seen it, but I didn't think it was like – Yeah, I feel dumb about it. <laughs> I feel dumb about it. It might, might get cut. might get cut. You were going to talk about Victor, though. Yeah, but I, I mean, Kawa. I think it is uh, – you want to pop those numbers up for everybody? That's his his. Uh, did you screenshot that? I did. I screenshotted his his earnings and his kind of his his uh, finishes over the last since the start of twenty twenty. Keep in mind, this guy is twenty four years old. Since the start of twenty twenty, he has made fifty starts. He has five wins, eleven top threes, twenty nine top twenty fives, and he has earned eight point nine million dollars. I, I mean, I really think he seems like he has all the makings to be a absolute just a, a star for for the age he is and and the the um, the way he carries himself doesn't ever really seem too phased by much of anything from somebody that has had issues with chipping before. Like that's something that will just tear you down so quick, and it seems like he didn't really even get like he doesn't really he's not too affected by it. Ranked number nine in the world right now. I mean, I I, I suspect um, he will be like top six on the odd board, odds board indefinitely. I would think like he's always kind of been like top ten, but I would imagine he even gets lower than that now. What was his number this week? Any idea? I don't know what it was. I have no idea. I wonder what his number is also for. Do we have props anywhere for? Yeah, here we go. This must have crashed down. Oh. Victor, oh yeah, it did. Victor Hovland to win a major in 2022. You want to guess? Um, I would say like fifteen to one, five and a half to one. Wow, I guess that makes sense because I guess if you're like if you're thinking about it from, because he's probably going to be like fifteen to eighteen. What do you know what he is for the Masters? Do you have that handy? I can find out too. 
There's just a major. I can get to it in a minute, but I think some of these other ones are are interesting. I, I think it's obvious that Rom leads this list to win a major in 2022. Do you want to guess who has the second shortest odds to win a major? Um, two guys. Rory. Correct. And um, God, it's probably Jordan Spieth. Oh. Colin. Colin. They're both three to one to win a major. Crazy numbers. I look at these That's numbers. A, I don't see any value whatsoever. Cam Smith to win a major in 2022, seven to one. Come on now, Brooks four to one. See that that doesn't make the 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 least bit of sense to me because if you try to find, I'm trying to find Cam Smith's name. So he's he's 33 to one to win the Masters. I assume he's similar numbers across the board. Howland's so, 25. I saw that. Did you say that already? I didn't. I didn't say it. I just saw it though. I, uh, Sorry about that. So that's that's. Uh, I don't hate that one bit. It's fairly far down the list. That's between Patrick Cantley, who we know is basically always underpriced, and Patrick Reed at twenty-eight. I see Reed's coming back, former champion boost at Augusta. But I mean, these are the this is the list of guys in front of Hovland. Cantley, Decky, Brooks, Xander, Bryson, Rory, JT, Colin, DJ, Spieth, and Rom. Spieth with the second shortest odds at Augusta. Just crazy. He stinks. Explain that. The he stinks or just crazy? Which one? Why is he ten to one and Rory is fourteen to one? What am I missing there? Is this just DraftKings being a being funny? No, I got I mean I got uh I have Spieth at eleven on Barstool and Rory at fourteen. He's only I mean it, it, I have Rom at nine and Spieth at eleven. Which and then DJ at 12, Colin at 12, JT at 12. Boy, that Rory at 14 is kind of juicy, isn't it? No, I think... Um, God, I have a Rory sickness. Yeah. There's, it sounds like there's a lot of people out there that have a speech sickness, too, to see that number where it is. All right, did you hit the Hovland stats, or did I interrupt you? You did. I did hit them. Uh, final closing point on Victor Hovland, very good player. 24 years old, very good. I suspect bright future ahead. Do you suspect he wins a major in 2022? I don't know why. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. So you're, are you going to hit the 450? Plus 450. $100, $100 bet wins you $450 for Victor. That's, a, that's an insane number. I will not be doing that. I think I will just I don't bet. even understand how, that, how you could just go spend 25 instead of betting 100 on that, spend 25 on his outright odds Each major. at all four. It's, incra- it's crazy what they're trying to get away with here. I'm not going to allow it. I'm not allowed. I'm not going to do it. I'm not falling for their stupid tricks. Get, get your get your stationery out. Write write a letter. Get it on that letterhead. No, no. See, we get we, it on we that moved GLGP on. Letterhead. We move on to live chats. I just I just live chat, live chat those poor support people. Just bully them into bully live them into chatting submission. is the new letter writing. It is. I'm sure you've live chatted your way out of some bets or into some. Haven't? Aren't you? A, aren't you a live chatter? I do like live chat when it comes to the gambling industry, yeah, because they try to hose me on certain things, and I have to point out to them that they're being bush league. Did you ever get that? Uh, like that Matt Jones. Did you ever get that? Remember money? that? Yeah, oh, I remember exactly. Did you ever get that? <laughs> do you know? It's funny because I can't recall. <laughs> I imagine if it didn't work out in my favor, I would be more upset about it. So the fact that I don't remember probably means that they paid me. I mean everything pointed. Watch your payouts. I don't think it's. I don't think it's foolproof. I don't think they're a hundred percent. Whoa. 
Are you are you making those accusations? Not really accusations. <laughs> I'm just saying that clerical errors happen in every industry. They're not exempt from happening in the gambling industry. Thankfully, I don't really win. I don't win enough bets to really ever have to worry about that. <laughs> All right. Should we talk? You wanted to. Let's not get to the stupid QBE. Let yeah. Let's save that for the end. I don't know anything about it. Just go ahead. And I'm actually. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to it, but I. There are some actually decent teams. It'll be fun. Uh, you were like you're so anti hit, hit and giggle that. But there are some. There are some decent players in the field. Are you betting on Bubba Watson and Lexi Thompson to win the QBE? Uh, I will not be. But it's actually at the golf course. Remember, we were just talking about it two weeks ago. Tiburon, it's there. So you'll have to tune. You'll have to tune in just to see the no rough. Pretty cool. I do want to see Tiburon. Have they played this year before? They have. Yeah. They play here every year. It keeps changing. It used to be like it used to be the Shark Shootout. I think is what it was called. So it was a it was a senior tour event mixed with LPG. I think. Because I remember Lexi playing in this event, actually playing like darn well. Is she going to play from the same tees? I think she does. But the first round is... Um, well, she's going to get... I, I'd love her on a different team, but she's going to get dragged down by Bubba. Well, probably because Bubba hasn't played in um, three months. Just make every team one PGA, one LPGA. Come on, people. What is the point of this otherwise, right? Am I off base there? It's tough to argue about head and giggles, but yeah, I think you might be a little off base. I think these are actually some decent teams. What are you talking about? I'm trying to get to the dang power ring so I can see them, but you keep talking and it keeps distracting me. Give me a second. Give me well, a second. I'll tell you, if we're going to the QB, I thought you wanted to talk about the guy from the UP. I need to figure out his name. Like, I need to get the story first, so let's talk about the QB. Okay, so we're at Tiburon, Naples. Hunter says there's no rough. What else do you know about the golf course? Uh, there's no rough. Uh, it's meant to be kind of, it's always meant to be played firm and firm and fast um from, from my memory um they are playing I believe they're playing the gold tees or the gold course so about 7400 yards friday's round opening round will be a traditional scramble saturday's round will be a modified alternate shot so both of them hitting tee shots and then um picking one from there to play out and then a better ball of partners on on the final round it's three days three days Extra day to make your decisions in the gambling markets, folks. Yep, that is uh, that is very true. So I, I think it will be. I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna watch a ton of it. I think I will. So they also play the the last tournament of the LPGA. What do you call that? They call it the season finale or whatever. Like our like the PGA's the equivalent of the PGA's Tour Championship at East Lake is played at Tiburon. Correct. So if you wanted to see the golf course there, you could look at it there. There's a lot of water. There is. This golf course is long. It is. 7,400 yards, par 72. I don't know they're going to use every inch of that. And you did mention it's firm and fast because we got some shorter hitters in this field, if you will. Like, yeah. Is Lexi even, she's not even going to be the shortest hitter in this field, is she? Um, Looking at the, looking at the board, I would think that she would, I, I want to say. Who hits it farther, Lee Westwood or Lexi Thompson? I want to be. Can you pull it, Lexi Thompson average driving distance? Pull it up right now. I think you're. I think you're like you're underestimating how far it is, or you're overestimating how far it is. I thought she was actually like not as far as what. Suspense is killing me. So two seventy two is her average. What's Lee Westwood's average? 
probably a hair over 285. So somehow Lexi's just pops right up, but Lee's is not, Lee's is just not, it's not as accessible. So give me a second. I, I imagine it's over 272. First of all, I think driving distance is one of the, it's one of the most skewed stats in all of, all of professional sport. Cause you, you doesn't, who knows what club you're hitting. Oh, we've uh, 7,400 yards is a hell of a lot of golf course for somebody that hits the ball 272 yards off the tee. But you know what I'm saying? Oh no! I, you, I, if you imagine if you go go play whistling from the tips, you hit it 272 off the tee, you're going to be in the high 80s. Oh yeah, no, I, I and I don't think I feel like they're not actually the more, like the more we're talking about. I'm looking at names like Cage Lee, Brant Seneker, Brian Harmon. Sean O'Hare. I, I think we can feel pretty confident they're not going to play all of the seventy three eighty two. Well, as you said, it's a hit and giggle, so they might even play it from like they might play it from fifty five. So I wouldn't take length into consideration if you're going to bet on this. If you're going to bet on this, I don't know. I don't really know what you take into consideration. I think there's the Burns Horschel team is so much better than every other team that if I were going to bet on this, that they would certainly get my money. I know they're the betting favorite, and I saw plus 450. Same number for Victor Hovland to win a major in 2022 to bet the favorite at the QBE, but do you see any other teams that you think are appealing? Uh, actually, I actually don't mind Kokrak and, and Nah. I know not. Nah, they're some, also like plus, they're like five to one, right? I, I imagine they're... They're right around that same number. They're I, I know Nas has been out for seven weeks now with a with a sore rib, but they have both had podium finishes here. Kokrak and Nah just not on the same team. So I, I I think when you any kind of team event when you can have Kevin Nah putting second for eighteen holes in a scramble, that's usually bodes well for for low scores. Well, and Kokrak's been hot with this putter for like a year. Yeah. So I those are that's a team that, that stands out to me. I know Burns and Horschel four and a half to one. Nah and Kokrak five and a half. English and Kucher, who have have played here together before. I think they had the I think they have the scoring record here. Plus six hundred. Homa and Kisner seven to one. Day and Leishman eight to one. Harm and Swafford ten. Along with Connors and McDowell, Ryan Palmer, and is that Matt Jones? 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. O'Hare and Zalatoris, 14 to 1. That's kind of interesting. So you mentioned uh, Brant Snedeker playing with KH Lee, 16 to 1. And then Lexi and Bubba bring up the rear at 33. I was wrong. My apologies to Lee Westwood. What's my problem with Lee Westwood? He's not even playing in this event. <laughs> and I wanted to know his driving distance. <laughs> anti anti Lee Westwood. Oh, yeah, oh, he always I thought, wait a minute. I thought Ian Poulter is playing with who? Charles Howell the third. Charles Howell? They're a team? That's what the that's what Rob Bolton reports. I think I said Graham McDowell because you, I couldn't imagine you, Charles. Well, Graham Howell. McDowell is playing. He's playing with Con- Corey Connors. <laughs> 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 what, a, I'm having, what a mess. Dude, I'm having created. my very own Alex Nor and Henrik Norlander moment over here. You are. I forgot about that. Okay, yet. my number one takeaway is this sucks. I hate this event. I don't know what 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 the heck else are you gonna do? Well, they could play a real event. That would be one. I see now why they're gonna do this mini super tour at this time of year because this is not exciting. If all the teams or PGA, LPGA, it would be exciting. This is hardly even a hit and giggle. What do you even call this? How many teams is this? 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 12. nine. <laughs> 24 players. 24 players in the golf course. They might just do like a modified shotgun. Like they might not even close the golf course for play a one club <laughs> challenge with the top thirty players. Stop. Top you want to talk about hit? You want to talk about hit and giggle? I know, but I'm not going to get the lean top into 15. it. Stop pretending that this is like what is this? This has no identity. You're not going to get. It's like the, the Zurich top classic, fifteen players to play it's like the a Zurich one classic, club challenge, except like a knockoff. It is. It is definitely. This is more of a hit and skills giggle. Skills challenge then. Can we have a skills challenge? Like I, a big break style thing where it's like you play for the opportunity to get into the skills challenge and then the winner of the skills challenge wins at the end? No, you can't you can't unironically say three sentences ago that you're like you hate hit and giggles and then and then say, Oh, let's do big break though. <laughs> what I meant was I hate I don't like these tournaments that just feel like they bring nothing to the table. I don't know what they're going for here, but it's not generating any interest on my part. 12 bad two-person teams with no stars. The only really interesting storyline is Lexi playing in the tournament. I, I just don't I don't know what what why should I be interested, I guess. So as a as a golf fan, I I, I I I believe in like my heart of hearts. You would rather watch. I assume you'd rather watch like the Sanderson Farms Championship than this, right? Like like no, hundred days out of a hundred. By a million. Million million days out of a million. Yeah, which is just crazy. Like there's no stars in the Sanderson Farms. I know, but there's a it's a full field event. It's a bunch of guys <laughs> that are. It's like a real. There's an actual gambling opportunity. It's a real tournament. 72 holes of stroke play. So do you think One maybe... One of the first events on the calendar, all the Corn Ferry graduates, you get to see all the new players. There's storylines aplenty at the Sanderson, not to mention they play at a nice golf course and a resort. Well, Tiburon is a resort, if that's what you're looking for. I know. I, the, the one thing that they <laughs> have potentially have right here is the golf course. Um, Are you... Are you at all feeling like maybe you're like being biased towards like your golf like nerdiness where I think this actually might attract like something like this I think attracts somebody that's not as much into golf as something like the Sanderson Farms but why because they're playing on teams because they're playing on teams and they're playing they're not just playing like boring stroke play and not saying stroke play is boring I'm good with this. I'm good with the format change I support that I like that we're mixing it up and that I think that that's all good are you talking about 24 players, 12 teams? None of the teams are good. There's no, you know, I just don't, I don't know. Like so when you have a limited field, like the hero, that uh, you have a bunch of great players. So it's like, oh, this is cool. It's kind of like an intimate, all the best, like really good players are playing. And then we go to the QBE and it's the same size field. And the only difference is that there are no good players. There's only one player who played at the hero that's playing here. And he's paired with the second best player in the field, so there's a clear advantage there. Do you and think then, you think Billy Horschel is second best player in the field? Tell like fact. Is that, are, you, are you sticking to that? Who's who else would you have up there? I would take Kokrak over Billy Horschel like any day of the week. <laughs> oh my Kevin Knott probably. You better consult it. What? Are you kidding me? Billy Horschel is probably like the 14th or 15th ranked golfer in the world. He just won the BMW Euro. 
what is he actually ranks in the world? Pokerak just won a tournament, but he's he's probably in like the 30s or 40s in world golf ranking. And I think it, maybe it goes more outside of I just can't stand Billy's. Yeah, it's like I, your I hate like, for I Billy Horschel is showing through here. I'm just nope. I'm thinking off the top world golf rankings. It's probably Burns, Horschel. Either Kokrak or Connors. Maybe Con eh, probably Kokrak, then Connors. Then nah. Then Leishman. Poor poor first off, you're dead wrong. Thank God. I feel, I'm sure I, feel, I left I feel, off a couple guys that I feel very um vindicated right now. Uh Sam Burns at thirteen, Harris English at seventeen. Oh, I forgot about Jeez, Harry though. Poor, I forgot poor. about Harry. Well, and you also Jason Kokrak at number 20. Thank you very much. And Billy Horschel at 23. <laughs> Take that and suck it. How about that? Okay. Kokrak just, won. Kokrak just <laughs> won a tournament. Okay. Okay. You win. Yes. That is definitely Kokrak's highest world golf ranking of his career. <laughs> Ever. Billy, Hor- <laughs> yeah. Billy Horschel has been between like 15 and 50 for probably you know the better part of a year he's got as he got as low as um 18th this this past okay, 18 this no, past 18, season 18 um but he's gotten as low at that looks about as low as he's ever gotten mm. yeah well i'll give you that the kokrak and now are an interesting team and just like are you gonna take our two the two teams we like are five and a half and four and a half to one respectively Maybe there is value here because it's so lopsided. But again, I just made that diatribe about the motivation and like who wants to win this? I don't know. It's a decent sized purse for only twenty four people. I know, but who do you look at on the do you look at Nah and Kokrak and think they're gonna you know, they're gonna be all in on this? I I think if we're if we're taking that approach, I lean more towards. I don't think like Billy Horschel is able to get out of bed without being competitive. I would agree, and Burns just like can't he can't stop playing well. Yeah, and I, and I think Burns is probably a little, a little pissed off after after blowing it last week. Last week, and really kind of it was <clears throat> blowing it is harsh. I, I don't know if it is. <laughs> I don't know. Now, he was in the lead at one point, but he saw it a long way to go. So that that would be the team if I wasn't. I'm not going to bet on it. Um, if I was, I like Jason Kokrak and Kevin Na, but I think if we're taking it from the who wants to win standpoint, I think you probably have to lean Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. But who knows? Burns and Horschel are even. I'm just looking around at some of the other things that they're offering for this QB. All I can see, FanDuel is offering first-round leader and finishing positions for top three only. That's crazy. They're, they're even giving you top three. Who are Everybody's they? even or plus money to top three, starting with Burns and Horschel, plus 100. Non-Kokrak, plus 125 to top three. I do feel like it's one of those tournaments where you can just be the tournament starts and they're like they're like 13 holes in and you were just dead wrong. Just couldn't be more <laughs> there is no there I feel like there's not as many trends outside of the fact that we haven't mentioned it yet, but I feel like it is worth mentioning that Harry English and Matt Kuchar have won this event three times and two runner-ups since 2013. They did have a little lull 
Oh, they've won three times. Yeah, I mentioned they had the uh, and I believe scoring record. I believe you are. I believe I did read that, but yeah, they. Yep, they are. They have the scoring record at thirty-seven under par. So if you like birdies, shot they shot a sixty-one in alternate shots. Pretty good. I feel like maybe Harmon and Swafford are a little undervalued here. Plus two eighty to top three. I mean, I still can't. I can't bet this event. To your point, it's just like bet it on Michigan basketball or something. No, what you do is you bet it on. I'm hoping you did. You bet Michigan fifty to one to win the national championship prior to the Ohio State game. No, no, of course not. Well, did you? No, but you think they're you think they're going to win? Do I think they're going to win the national title? Yeah. Oh, actually, let's start. Do you think they're going to win on New Year's Eve? Uh, I don't know. I have not watched Georgia play. Every time I see them. They look so bad on offense. Don't they? That I think this team is the best team in the country. It just it doesn't seem consistent with how I, I it's just like college football. Usually at the by the end of the year, the last couple teams that are playing in the championship game can really like pour it on offensively. Yeah. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, all in their turn have fit that description. So like they seem beatable. But I don't know. They also are going to have a physical advantage over us at most positions. So yeah, I feel like I've only watched. I watched that first game of the season against Georgia against Clemson, and, and at that point, you had no idea how bad Clemson was, and they barely beat. That game was terrible, right? Yeah, it was like thirteen seven. So like Georgia only Georgia didn't have an offensive touchdown in that game. I don't think cor- they had a defensive touchdown. Correct. It was something like it was something. So I think they yeah, it was thirteen. So they had two field goals, maybe something like that. So obviously they they couldn't score then. And then I I am so sick of the SEC. Everyone in the SEC saying like how good the SEC is, when in reality I don't really think I don't know who Georgia played in the middle of the like, in the middle of the season. I mean we saw it at the SEC championship game. They got their doors blown off. I don't know, I don't know what the final score was, but I watched all of that game and it was not. It was not close. It yeah. was not a close. And that was with their that was with Alabama's. Second best receiver missing the whole second half. And Alabama had looked awful the week before. It's, I get that's a rivalry game, Auburn, like that game is <laughs> always different. But they they score that game, I'm pretty sure it was ten to three with two minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny like, you, like Auburn back to the offense thing. Auburn manages like, to hold them to, to no touchdowns can the whole any game. Any of these teams score? That's why I think there was a real case for Cincinnati. To be higher in the rankings than who? Oh, any of these other three? They should higher than number oh, four. Yeah. I don't know. We, this could be a whole episode, but the f- no, no, you can't. We're gonna watch. Well, they Cincinnati. have a better win. They have a better win than Georgia, and they're undefeated. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame is supposed to be the fifth best team in the country, right? In the final rankings. Yes. It goes Notre Fifth. Dame 5, Ohio State 6, yes. Oklahoma State 7th, I think, right? Correct. Or yeah. Baylor 7th. Something like that. Um, I think Cincinnati loses by three touchdowns. I think that line that line is 16 right now, and I pound Bama. Well, we'll see. I we'll mean, see. I think it could be the two of the worst semifinals because who knows what we're going to get from the Michigan. The Michigan-Georgia game, for all we know, is going to look like the Georgia-Clemson game at the very beginning of the year. 
I, I mean, I it. hope not. I I hope it's twenty eight to ten or whatever. But well, we'll see. Georgia doesn't scare me as much as Alabama would because I Alabama had you know can. Well, I guess I don't know. If there's this is a great year to be in the playoff because I think there's no clear juggernaut. There's no Deshaun Watson led Clemson Tigers. No Tua Tungavailoa. Oh, I think Crimson I think, uh, Tide. I think Bryce Young is a great player, but Alabama obviously has weaknesses on their rosters. One of their leading receiver, their number two receiver, is an Ohio State transfer. Well, yeah, and then that Mitchie, I think Mitchie's his name, tore his ACL in the second quarter of the SEC championship game, and he was their number two receiver. But nothing would please me more than to see Luke Fickle and Cincinnati pour it on Bama. It's just not gonna happen. Sorry, I, I think, I, and I, I'm, I'm so for these bigger, chan- the bigger fields for whether it be eight teams or twelve teams. But you're essentially, it's essentially just you have to play the game. But it's not gonna. I don't think it's really. Don't think it's even gonna be competitive. I think it can. Cr- it would help create more parity. I hope that NIL does that too. I it may have the opposite effect, but. You know, being the best player or the second best player on a lesser team that may get more. I just think all of a sudden now maybe there's a little bit more of a story for some of those smaller schools. Cincinnati getting into the playoff helps, but anytime you appear in the, whether it's the top eight or the top 12, or in our case, the top four, your recruiting clout goes up you know, exponentially. So like these coastal Carolina last year and, you know, some of these other schools that have had undefeated seasons having exposure in that, I think ultimately will help parody. Even if you go into that game as the eight seed and you play Alabama and you, you know, you lose 45 to seven, like Notre Dame has lost, you know, like that. Oh yeah. Well, so Michigan, Michigan you, State lost by that much. You can still overcome that in recruiting. What you can't overcome is never having the opportunity to get onto that stage. So it, it would be a positive development, even if it resulted in some "quote unquote" playoff blowouts. I think I saw I saw like a a mock twelve team bracket, and I if if UTSA had to go play Bama, I'd be like nervous for for health and safety of the players to that it would be to that point some that's, of those some of those teams i saw i go <laughs> that's a bit of an overstatement hunter buckle up eight might be right Twelve. eight might be better than 12 well i think it, at, if it doesn't i don't think there's a difference between eight and 12 because those guys those top fours get buys anyway so it's like it would essentially i'd prefer 12 i think just so you get more teams in but i don't think it necessarily changes i see what you mean but yeah so yeah. you're still going to have those first three or first four matchups to determine the quarterfinals if you lose in that do you get to play in a another bowl game or you don't no, see, i don't think I, I don't think football should like ever have a <laughs> football should not be like a double elimination because I, I think not just, double elimination i mean like oh we played in the top eight and we didn't get through we played in the first four we didn't get through but we just got invited to the peach bowl yeah i guess or I mean, is the peach bowl yeah so i think you'd have to re- you'd have to restructure all the seasons like you wouldn't be able to play your 12 games plus essentially possibly three more could you 15 games for only the, for those little college kids getting paid dimes if they're spread out 
They had to be really spread out. <laughs> it has to do with the schedule. Football season's going to go into like middle of June. Well, it, uh, it's no, all no, no. said and done. But I mean, it already goes to January 8th or whatever for the national oh, yeah. championship. So that like, there's room there that week to play more college football on weeknights and bowls. Because when does... And if you, conversely, if you play early enough and then you give kids a three-week break or whatever, they can play in the first four of a 12-team playoff and play in a New Year's six. Because, like, you're talking about Michigan State, for example. They're supposed to play in the Peach Bowl against Pitt. It's kind of a lame... It's sort of a lame... Like, why couldn't... They should have been playing Baylor. Or Oklahoma State or something. I guess Baylor technically won the Big 12, so they have to go play in the yeah some other bowl. But anyway, that matchup is just going to be boring football. But um, you're talking about them being in a situation where they probably would have made a 12-team playoff, which would have been cool. Yeah. But they're placed into a New Year's Six. So, like, are you going to go back? Are you going to go down to Iowa then? For the Peach Bowl and let Michigan play a game this weekend, lose, and have their season be over? Or are you just going to sus- wait for the announcements and consider the teams who bow out of the playoff early as still being qualified to play in the New Year's Six Bowls? How fun was that? That was a whirlwind. <laughs> to answer your question, I don't really care. They can they can do whatever they want. You don't care about the New Year's? I care no, a lot about I don't, the New no, Year's Bulls. No, bowl, bowl season. Boo. Really? Boo. You don't like watching those games? I mean, they're okay. I won't like... We, I think we'll, those games like, are... I, I love those games. The fan, I think it's good. Well, quickly, I, I quickly translate, transition to basketball like as like right around Christmas season. So I'll, I will... I would prefer to watch like college basketball or NBA. Well, I think the national championship game is too late. They should move it back closer to the new year. I know they want that Monday night, the <laughs> second week after New Year's Day or whatever. But. Just extend it as long as possible. I, that's what I'm thinking. Mid-June is not bad. <laughs> Very funny, Hunter. Every month they play a game to determine the next round. So I actually think that Michigan I think Michigan will beat Georgia. I, think they're, I don't think they're going to beat Bama. I think they'll beat Georgia. You thinking that they're going to beat Georgia is a bit scary. I think Michigan. You can't tell. What, you, you, can't, you can't what, tell if I'm. Kid, you can't tell if I'm being facetious or not. But I think. I, can you smell it in the air? There's I a little. Can tell there's a little. There's a little different feeling this year than most years or any year, I guess, for that matter. That around the team, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, they feel like they have kind of like something. They feel like they've won the Big Ten championship for the first time in. I know, but I just mean from the from the standpoint of the fans, obviously there's a lot to celebrate and it feels different for us because it's a huge relief as much as anything to know that we can still do it. Like it's a possibility. I'm beginning to believe that, you know, maybe we never will win another never's too strong a word, but like Yeah, it's not far off. You know, we were getting lapped in every aspect of being a football program by Ohio State. Granted, they're the only they were the only one winning the conference, so Probably we were closer to Penn State and Michigan State and Iowa and Wisconsin than we realized it's just a matter of can you make up the ground all the way with Ohio State. But I mean, from the standpoint of the players, they feel like one of those teams where sometimes you get a feeling from a team that they just have really good chemistry, really good bond, they're friends off the field, 
and for those kind of intangible reasons that they will be hard to beat because um, they have that kind of connection. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough. If that's enough to make up any difference that they deficiencies or gaps that they have on the physical side. Only one way to find out. We should we should, we should talk about it for the next twenty one days. So did you bet the Michigan money line? No, because they're a nine point underdog. No, I haven't yet. Um, You're probably getting like a plus something in the high. Uh, plus two hundred is what I've 200. is what I've seen. That was that was. Like the second they came out, though, so maybe it's changed a little bit. But um, most of the most of the sharps love Georgia. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because they were saying the models were pumping them out as like a ten and a half, eleven point favorite, and they dialed that back. Well, I do think I think there is definitely something to be said about playing a team after they've lost, and especially their first loss. Like, I think you get I think you get them more pissed off. I know it's it's like twenty, it's three weeks until the game. So maybe not quite as much as like the next week, but I do think there's something to be said about like you get complacent, and maybe after you get your doors blown off, you the complacency quickly goes away. Yeah, I wonder. It's really an interesting, interesting to take that into consideration for this particular matchup because it was Georgia versus Bama, and you feel like there's no way to get complacent going into that week, playing for an SEC championship, playing against your rival. Trying to get Kirby Smart his first win against Alabama, trying to get over the Alabama hump. Was that a reflection of? Like, are they going to be able to be? Are they going to be more ready for Michigan than they were for Alabama, or are they just like that's who they are and that's as good as they sort of can be this year? And they had the benefit of a of a friendly schedule, and that's why they ended up being so highly rated in terms of the analytics and being the number one team in the country. I don't know. I mean, they they have to be able to play better offense than that. I, I have to I, I imagine. I imagine they I'm just not familiar enough with their team to say, but those are the kind of the two possible outcomes. Is, yeah, they come out looking like, you know, bats out of hell, ready to just, you know, take back what, you know, they f- believe is theirs. Or they come out and they play kind of similar to how they played against Alabama and they just are deficient at quarterback and they don't move the ball that well. Michigan will Michigan will make it hard on their offense because we will we'll put seven or eight guys in the box and we'll say, Go ahead, throw it. Let's see if you can throw it on us. Yeah, so I, I think it'll be Ohio State has a better offense than than Georgia. Yeah, no, I, I that game well, I was think at definitely. home in the snow. Like a lot of things were going for us, where this none of that will be at play here. But no, I, I think that that Ohio State game felt like it was over before it really even. It felt like it was they were so far behind the eight ball, like two minutes into the game, that like they just could never. That I that snap that miss snap on the first play of the game by that quarterback or by the I guess probably more the center's fault. Did not help at all. They were instantly six yards behind the sticks, backed up inside their own five yard line. You just go, oh boy. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that though, because that game was seven to three for most of the first quarter. Yeah, it was, man. And the game was close at halftime. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it really didn't get spread out until the third quarter. But yeah, you felt like the opportunities were definitely there for Michigan from the jump. The crowd, based on what I understand, 
what I was told by people who were at the game, the crowd really kind of overwhelmed the Ohio State offense anytime they were deep in that. It's, it seems like it. What is kind of like, I guess, the western end zone. Do have some good news to finish off the show. I just got a notification that um, a Christmas present for Mac that has been supply chain issues off the wall is in stock and on the way. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I thought I was. I thought I was gonna have a tough. We can't be tough. done yet because I've been waiting for you to tell oh. us about the guy from the UP playing yes. on this Champions Tour Q School. Yes. Yeah. Damn it, Hunter! This is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. After all, this dude's probably hit balls into Lake Superior. Oh, I sent it to you. That's what it was. Yeah. Come on, Hunter. Come on. Come on, Hunter. I'm. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Um, a name that we have we have mentioned previously, uh, Jay Jay Jurek from the UP. Uh, was a middle school teacher. He played on the a bunch of mini tours throughout the summer when he could play, including the Dakotas tour. Uh, he actually ended up quitting his teaching job to give golf a full-time run. He just got through the first stage of champion Champions Tour Q School. So congratulations to Jay. We will keep a, a very close eye on, on Jay. So it's always cool watching watching guys chase their dream, especially at that age. When do they play again? They're playing right now, actually. So currently, they're actually they're playing the final round of the uh, Champions Tour Q School right now. Uh, it started yesterday, running through Friday. Uh, Jay is currently sitting at plus four, which puts him in a tie for 52nd. Top five finishers will earn status on the Champions Tour in 2022 so he needs to uh he needs to kick it into gear but he still has how many rounds uh he still has uh two more rounds left so he needs to uh right now he's in 52nd place at plus four he needs to get himself what's the score yeah the lead is currently at minus six he needs to get into he needs to shoot minus four right now would get him in so he needs to turn it around here over his uh his last three rounds. All right, so we'll keep following him and update you guys on that next week. Definitely. Wednesday's going to be the new norm for us here? Or what? No, I would prefer if it was Tuesday mornings, <laughs> but my co-host <laughs> can't ever do Tuesday mornings. I don't know what to say. I wish it was Tuesday mornings. It's been a rough go of it here lately, so we'll We're... try to get back on track. <laughs> Sorry, Hunter. We will try our darndest. Anything else? Have fun doing whatever you do with your time that you would normally use watching the PGA Tour this weekend. Well, well, we can't just leave it at that. What are you going to be doing that you're not going to be watching this? I don't have a whole lot going on, Hunter. <laughs> I'll probably be watching it. <laughs>